I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Side Hustlers, the podcast that highlights people following their passion outside of their day job and even some people who have turned that side hustle into their full-time career, just like this week's guest. I'm Carla Marie, the host of Side Hustlers, and this week we'll be talking to Kyle K.A. He's the creator of Don't Tell Comedy, a secret comedy show that might just be in your city. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get off your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. So I've got Kyle FaceTiming me from the sunny land of L.A. Oh, you got your That's hat? Right. Look at that. Got the Don't Tell Comedy hat. Love it, love it. So Don't Tell Comedy, the whole concept is amazing to me. Secret comedy shows. It's just very comedy world-like, I feel. The whole pop-up comedy place, and you don't know where you're going to be. It really adds to the idea of the show, and that's great and all. But I want to go back to when you were working in finance, and you just thought, let me start this secret comedy company. What were you doing, and why did you think of Don't Tell Comedy? Yeah, I was uh, working as a forensic accountant for a while. So, yeah, that is so intense. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a one eighty from yeah. from uh, forensic accounting to comedy, but uh, I really hated it. <laughs> I did not like it at all, and I want I just like couldn't stand being in a in a room enclosed with no windows, just like grinding away for sixteen hours a day. And I'd always loved stand up, so my initial 
uh, excitement was around getting up and performing and doing open mics. And I started in Orange County and then made a decision to move to L.A. Uh, but Don't Tell Comedy didn't didn't come up until after I was doing stand up for about a year and a half. Oh, wow. So what did you go to? Did you go to college and what did you go to college for? Yeah. I went to the University of Redlands, which is how I met Nikolai, one of your past guests, okay. uh, who started Ombras. And I, uh, yeah, I studied accounting and business and finance and had no idea. I always had an inkling towards like something more entrepreneurial and had always had this idea of starting my, my own business at some point, but never knew what it would be. So March 2017 is when you officially launched Don't Tell Comedy. Now, was it something before yeah. that or that was when it really happened? Yeah, I had produced like really shitty bar shows, <laughs> like stand up shows in like bars. And it was I was just learning the ropes of how to produce like a live comedy show and i interned at this uh at this show in downtown los angeles called Uncabaret for like a full year i was just putting together like drum sets it was music and comedy cool. and like showing up every sunday for four hours not getting paid and just learning the ropes and meeting a lot of great comics that way uh and then after a while of doing that um don't tell kind of came up in conversation i was telling nikolai one of your past guests this is really funny our connection yeah. it's cool that he did the podcast because uh I was telling him how great the show I had been to was. It was in somebody's backyard in Venice, a friend of a friend. And these things happen in L.A., but people don't know about them unless you're, like, friends with a comic wow. or, you know, some, you're connected. And I just loved it. And I was telling Nikolai about this, and he was like, well, there's something that exists like this, but for live music called So Far Sounds. Um, and they're in, like, over 400 cities. Uh, but they do it for intimate concerts, and it's a little bit different from ours. And I was like, wow, that would really apply to stand up. Yeah. And there are already shows like that, but there's nothing consistent. So we, we tried. We did our first show in a friend's backyard in Silver Lake and just begged people to come out <laughs> to the show. <laughs> like, that's how it is in, in comedy. Anybody who produces a show knows you just have to, like, beg people to come. And then hopefully you can gain some traction. But that's how it, how it started. But now you're in over 20 cities. Now we're in, like, yeah, over 20 cities. This past year we did. 355 shows wow. in a year. Um, and that is, you know, exceeded my expectations for where we'd be at. It's, it's so insane. And in such a short time, I mean, it's almost two years, I guess at this point, Yeah. but you started just doing it in LA and now you're in Seattle. There's upcoming shows in Seattle and yeah. all these other cities. You're obviously not the only person doing this. You're not traveling to 355 shows a year. No. So, what is that team like? And when did you start adding people to a team if this was a yeah. side hustle for you? Yeah. So I was working. So from March 31st, 2017 was our first show. And I was working a full-time job. And then I decided, I think it was in, it was in July uh, of 2017 to leave my job. But I still had a source of income, which is like a once a week show. I was always doing it at a brewery that was paying me. So cool. I had some income coming in and I had savings. So I was comfortable like taking that leap um, and was doing it in LA for a while. And then in 2018, I was like, wow, I want to go take this to like another city. And so I go to San Francisco where my, uh, my family lives and just started putting together a few shows there, testing it out. It started to catch on, wanted to do a tour of the Northwest, did a show in Portland, did a show on a steamship in Seattle, awesome. which is a very, very cool show. Um, and it just kind of, it kind of worked. And I figured, why not 
you know, people in these other cities, we have so many great comics and so many great comedy scenes in these other cities. People know how to run shows. It's just about providing this like infrastructure where we can do the marketing and get people out to the shows and, and people can run them in each city. Um, and then making the jump to just trusting people to run the of shows, course, which is, but, it, but it was like, I was driving, I drove from LA all the way up to Portland to Seattle, like with chairs in my no car way. and the speaker system, like all this stuff. Cause uh, we, that's, it's very, I have chairs in my car right now. I still <laughs> like, awesome. I still lug stuff around. Um, but that's how it kind of started. And then from there, once it started working in these other cities, we're like, all right, let's let's see where this can go and how consistent we can we can do this. Well, let's actually explain what is Don't Tell Comedy. So how does it work? Let's explain that whole thing. So Don't Tell Comedy, the premise for the show is secret comedians in secret locations, and it's BYOB. So instead of paying 10 bucks for a drink for like a shitty beer at a comedy club, you, pay, you bring your own booze and snacks, you show up to a random location, and the location is a secret. So you know the general neighborhood. It's called like so in Seattle, don't tell Pike uh and Pine or something like that. If is that is that a neighborhood? Yeah, I saw downtown, I saw Pike and Pine. Downtown. There were what else did I see? There was something else. University like yeah. uh, area. Yeah. So we'll we'll say the neighborhood, but you don't need the exact location. Okay. So you get a ticket knowing the general radius and then the day of the show, we send out an email with the address at noon. So like six hours before you're supposed to show up, find out the location. You show up, you have no idea who's going to perform. You just know you can bring your own, you know, drinks. Which is awesome. And it's usually five or six different comics, some local, some touring. Um, in L.A., we're really lucky. We've had people like Ali Wong and Han- Hannibal Burris and, you know, people of that caliber, which is really cool. What is the kind of, I guess, the point now of not telling people where it is until the day of? Is it just a for fun thing? Is there a logistical reason? Yeah, I think it's cool. I think the whole experience from the moment you buy a ticket to when the address is revealed to even when you're at the show seeing who's performing, you have no idea. The whole process (laughs) is like very secretive and keeps your, keeps the excitement going, which I think is one of the reasons why we've been successful because it's something that you tell your friends about. And we rely on word of mouth quite a bit. So this whole like interesting, very LA, it's such an LA like concept, (laughs) but it works. It works every, obviously it works in a bunch of other cities. People love a twist on anything. And the fact that you're just saying, I'm not telling you where you have to be. It's like, oh, this is so spontaneous. But the whole idea of it really is an experience. It's not just going to a show. It's a full experience from the moment you buy your ticket. Right, right. And that's the goal is creating an experience that's memorable. And even if you go to like the comedy store in L.A., you may see the biggest headliners. But I wanted to create something where the total experience was better than anything else. And just something that will keep people coming back and, and telling other people about. Earlier, you mentioned Nikolai of Ombra's Sunglasses, which, by the way, if you haven't heard the Side Hustlers episode with Ombra's Sunglasses, go check it out after this one. But Nikolai and you went to college together. That's how you and I met. He connected me with you after his episode. And I've noticed that this Side Hustlers world is it's a community of networking. Have you kind of felt the same thing? Yeah, this wouldn't have worked like at all if uh, I have never thought of myself as a good networker. Um <laughs> I just uh, stay connected with people that, that I've met or that I like and try to keep in touch with, with people that I, that I have connection with. But, like, my brother is running the shows in Boston with a, with a friend of his from college. Um, the guys in San Francisco were, like, friends of friends. And the people in Portland and, and Seattle were people I met just uh, from doing shows up there. 
It's um, crazy. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, and I've been had such great support from friends and stuff too. It's just coming to, to shows, but the networking I'll always like, I'll always meet with anybody. If somebody just hits me up to like, be like, how do I get into doing stand up comedy? Like it's, it's hilarious to me that people are even asking me for <laughs> advice about that. Cause I was like asking people like two years ago about that. <laughs> Uh, and I don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I always just love talking to people and hearing like what's interesting to them, what they're up to and asking questions because uh, I always think other people know more than I do. So I always try to try to talk to other people. Well, it may not be more, but it may be something, yeah, something different. different and you're yeah. learning from each other. I mean, what there are so many crappy things that happen on social media now but if you're using it for the good things it is unbelievably helpful i mean it's how i find half the guests for this podcast Mm. so if you're using it to reach out to people and network you're using it the right way i want you to explain a little bit what the regular comedy scene was like because you said that was kind of the reason why you wanted to do your own thing and you were doing your own shows at this point or you were performing yeah and that's the thing like starting in LA as a comic is one of the worst decisions you could ever make (laughs) because you're around like the best of the best which is the one great thing you can see the best comedians performing night and night out but it's also like you can't get stage time like at all because you're competing with so many great comics and you end up just doing open mics with five or 10 other comics who aren't listening and it's brutal. So my strategy was like, I'm going to just create shows and try to like create stage time for myself doing that. And it was really helpful for me. It's the only way to do it. Um, and even don't tell in the beginning, you know, I was performing on most of the shows at this point. Now I'm like so happy to be, you know, running the business and, and organizing everything. So I've taken a big step back from performing. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it's been a transition, but like starting in LA was super tough. And the initial goal was just uh, how can I perform more? And now you, you don't miss it or you don't want to do it when you're happy being behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very happy doing, doing what I'm doing. And I love stand up, and I love watching stand up, and I love supporting standup comedians cool. that I love. And so I want Don't Tell to be a launching pad for comics that I love that I think, you know, should be seen, um, but are un- unknown to the, to the majority of people in the country. Well, you were a forensic accountant when you started this. Yeah. Did skills that you learned in the office kind of pour over into Don't Tell Comedy? Really, I can pour a great cup of coffee. That's been <laughs> helpful. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think so. Like the accounting mindset, I mean, knowing how to even start like a business and the whole building the structure around the organization, that was like a lot of my you know, studying in college and uh, working, I don't know, I've just been in that world. I'm very much like, that's how people would describe me as very like business. <laughs> Nobody would expect me to be a comic or to have done stand up. So it's very much just like who I am and, and how I've been, uh, how I think all the time. Was there yeah. a point in the process, whether you were just launching or it could have been last month where you were like, oh crap, this is going to be a disaster or this is going to be an epic failure or I should have never done this. Any type of failure moment that you had. Yeah, every week. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> every, I like the ups and downs are it's every single week. I was working, you know, I was working, helping an old woman do her uh, personal finances up until the end of December. So like very recently, 
I was doing that like once or twice a week for four or five hours, uh, which was, which I didn't like, but you need to make money to support this. And this is all self-funded, um, and stuff. So it's, 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 uh, it's just grown naturally and we haven't taken on any investment and I want to keep it that way for now. Um, but it's really hard that balance of, of like, of like, how can I do this? I love doing this, but can I make it sustainable? And that's been like one of the hardest things. Well, and that's what I hear from a lot of people. It's like, you're following your passion, you're following your passion, you're enjoying it. And then something you could have never expected just kind of like knocks on your ass. And now it's like, okay, now what, now what do I do? And everyone's got that story. Yeah. I think for me, like it was really, uh, I, I was relying on savings. Like when I left my job, and I had, I had did a really good job of saving money when I was working. Um, and that was helpful, but you know, that steady decline as you're <laughs> not making yeah, as much money out and, and you're just spending in. money. Yeah. yeah. And when we were starting, you know, we were thinking, okay, don't tell comedy, you know, can this be sustainable? Can we do that many shows to even make it like financially yeah. sustainable? And then we're like, all right, well, should we pivot into like doing, we thought about doing don't tell magic shows <laughs> like don't tell like magicians same model like byob right. in people's living rooms and have like magicians we're like what other experiences can we do and like luckily now we're at the point where we're like all right we know comedy let's focus on just right. doing comedy that was a horrible idea <laughs> i think like a random weekend it would be hilarious if people showed up and it was a magician <laughs> please somebody take that idea and run with it because uh, it would definitely work but we don't know any the first thing about magic <laughs> <laughs> well how do you find your locations now because i saw i think yeah. it was seattle you did it at one of the rock climbing gyms here which is wild like yeah. I, I went at, i saw you don't know the location i'm like oh it's gonna be a bar a restaurant every time and i was like that's a rock climbing gym and that's a yeah. boat. Like what? I know. Yeah. We go for, we try to go for really unique spaces, but it's really anything that can fit like 40 to 75 people. And, um, that's not a bar, not a restaurant where they serve drinks. And that's what we look for. So that can be yoga studios. It can be uh, rock climbing gym, uh, steamship. Uh, that was really unique. We just did a show on top of Sears tower in Chicago, oh, on like that is floor, which is really cool. This Saturday, which people will hear this later, so it doesn't matter, but it's in the basement of Grand Central Market, which is a historic place in L.A. Cool. Um, and they reached out to us, so that's kind of cool. At this point, locations are reaching out to us. They want to host something cool, and then we say, you know, free tickets for all your friends to come, and there's sort of an exchange that way. That's amazing. I was going to ask, are you at a point now where people are reaching out to you, and I'm assuming also yeah. comedians as well? Definitely. It's uh, that's That's been so awesome, and I think from the beginning, we're like really – we really like, okay, we need this to be super high quality. We need the best comics to be performing. We want to take really good pictures to like market this thing. And like from the first show, the first show we had on Sam J, who's now a writer on SNL, like we made sure we want to have like the best comics on so that people keep coming back and they can expect and like trust the brand. Um, but we certainly get a lot of submissions from comics now who want to do the show, which is great. And we want to have a good reputation in the comedy community. Of course. Um, it's super important to us because I started this with a couple other people and we're all comics. So we know like how it is for, for comics getting stage time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just hard to find good shows even in L.A. Well, it's crazy because you're so in the beginning stages of it that a lot of these comedians that you're working with now are in the beginning stages of their career. So in mm-hmm. five years... 
you may have like the next big person on SNL or the next person who's got a Netflix doc. And it's gonna be like, oh, I started at Don't Tell Comedy. And that's gonna be yeah. so cool. We hear it all the time in right. the comedy world. <laughs> I started here. And yeah. that's going to be you guys. And that's wild. Right. I know. I, it's really cool. Like, you're, yeah, people are going to be like, I saw, you know, yeah. that person perform in the yoga studio. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Netflix <laughs> which needs is... to do a show just on you guys because it's yeah. very. We're working on it. They're working on it. on first. When you were still doing forensic accounting and you said you were working insane mm-hmm. hours. Time management is a hard thing for me personally, and I know a lot of people who are trying to branch out and do something. How did you handle that? Yeah. Um, I would do don't tell comedy stuff while at work. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, was probably not the best uh, you know, idea, but um, yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was a different time because I was still performing, so I was trying to get up on stage at least like four times a week. And then working on this stuff, I just uh, I just did not have a life. <laughs> just would try to work as much as possible after. And when you're so passionate about something, uh, it's the energy. It's like you're on coffee, like twenty four seven. It it really is. Like you're. I have no problem staying up super late. Work. I still don't. Like I, I still love it. I don't know. I think you just got to commit to. If if you really if you really want to make something work, you just got to really commit a lot of time to it. What is your day to day? Are you working from home? I'm assuming you don't have an office. No, we don't have an office. I don't know if we will because um, everybody's so spread out. Yeah, we have like two employees here in L.A. And then so it's it's not like we really need anything. Everybody can work remotely, which is nice. But day to day, it can be so different. Like today, I met up with my business partner and we, we sort of just went over some big picture stuff. But, you know, I'll also be like calling random venues in Phoenix to see if we can start up doing shows there and then uh, coordinating with like the rest of the teams now it's like managing a lot of a lot of the teams and and lending support where we can and exploring like other you know types of of opportunities but yeah basically when i wake up i just check email immediately it's really bad but i do it and go through and see like what's going on well it's better than checking instagram immediately so you're already ahead of that i guess so i guess so it's a good positive spin (laughs) on it yeah that's next. I took Instagram right after email. <laughs> you guys have a social account. It's at Don't Tell Comedy. If anyone wants mm-hmm. to check you guys out, do you run that, or is that something you're like, okay, someone else needs to do this at this point? No, I don't. I don't run it. Um, I certainly like when I have ideas. I'll. I'll like. Uh, we did like a hundred dollar gift card giveaway to one person in every city at the end of the year, which is cool. Oh. Which, which I was like, let's post this on, and it, did, it was like did really well. Yeah. But I have somebody else do the the social media. I can't handle that. What and is that yeah. was just something that you just can't stand or you can't handle it because you're focusing on other things? Uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the biggest uh, shift, the hardest thing for me was delegating work to other people. Like that's been because I'm very happy doing everything myself, but it's important if you're trying to grow something, you got to you got to just trust in other people that they'll do things, even if it's not your way, if they're still getting the job done and they're doing it well. Like you need to delegate stuff so you can focus on bigger picture stuff. Because up until three months ago, I was running Facebook ads for like our shows. I was sending out emails of the the day of emails and it just was like too much. And so that's been a a big shift. Do you find, so you're obviously still running Facebook ads, but you physically aren't doing it. I mean, another thing about networking is like I had a friend who worked at Google and just started a digital advertising company. So her and her business partner, they started taking over our Facebook ads and they are doing way better job than I was (laughs) doing. Do you see that 
the investment in a Facebook ad is totally worth it? Or is there something that you also use for getting people to the shows? One of the big things is just building up an email list. So we send out like weekly emails in each city, like targeted upcoming shows. But yeah, Facebook is for us, for events has been huge. Like we could not be doing this at the scale we're doing it without Facebook and like Facebook ads. Do you think it's the best place to advertise an event if someone was going to start planning events or do you think Mm. there's other platforms also to spend your money or this is the only place yeah this is the best place right now yeah i've heard that people are trying to make the case for instagram and how that's like uh people are shifting more to instagram but which i could see happening which is why i'm trying to focus on building the email list as well because email's not going away but facebook who knows what will happen but facebook certainly is the best for events right now in the last few episodes we've actually been kind of talking about that and I, I hate to be redundant for people who are listening, but one day all of our social media could just go away and we own none of that. No one, we can't go knocking on the door and yell at Instagram, you took my Instagram away because it's not mine. I don't own that. But you can get an email list and you own that and that's yours and those are your people and you can reach them whenever you want. And I'm glad you said it without me asking because I've been asking everyone about it and I'm glad that you kind of show the importance to people listening who want to start this and can start from the ground up with building those contacts because it really is. It's so important. Totally. And maintaining control over like the data and, and everything. Like there's ticketed, ticketing agencies that you can go through, but I really don't see an upside to using some of those because a lot of times you don't get all the information or even emails. Um, so we, we do everything through our website, which I think is, is the way to go, maintaining as much control over what you're doing as possible. You told me something that you kept on a post-it, and I love this, and the whole <laughs> idea of just putting something out there that you want to achieve and yeah. reminding yourself every day. Do you have the post-it with you right now? Is that what you're looking at? Uh, no, I wish I was. Oh, I thought you grabbed it. I was like, no way. I, when I moved, <laughs> I moved like three months ago and I think I took them down because they no longer applied. But like, I, it's funny how things change, but I had three post-its or three like pieces of paper I wrote in big letters. Uh, one of them said, uh, LAist, which is like a, lo- a pu- publication in LA, rates Don't Tell Comedy as the hottest comedy show in LA in 2020 or something like that i think it was forward it was forward looking so that was like a goal you wanted a goal exactly another one was like my like kyle ka is rated top comic to watch by comedy central in like 2019 or something like that okay which was definitely one of my goals like when i was starting doing stand-up and then uh the other one was like don't tell comedy raises ten thousand dollars for local nonprofits. Uh, in like one year. And so I had those three on my wall to kind of yeah. remind me every morning of like things that uh, were important to me and and some things, some things change. And like now it's like, you know, Elias hasn't given us a write-up, but we've gotten, we just got a write-up by the Chicago Tribune and well, that's badass. And Boston.com. So. And we're, we're in like way more cities than I could have ever imagined at this point. It's true, but I think it's cool. I like the spin that you kind of took on it. Not just like do better or be whatever. I think specific goals too. Like measurable goals are really important and setting that each year or even I'm big on goals, even like weekly goals, uh, I think are really helpful. Are you working with charities though? 
Yeah, we do uh, like fundraisers for nonprofits all the time in, in different, like in all the cities. Um, it's sort of as, as they come up basis, but we'll just do a show and donate a hundred percent of the proceeds to like the organization. And it's a fun way to give back. And they also like really cool. promote to their networks too. So it gets more exposure for us. And I ask everyone this, it wouldn't be side hustlers if I didn't, is there an app that gets you through day to day, whether it's for don't tell comedy or for you yourself to be a functioning human? Yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, my girlfriend started, uh, getting on me about scheduling <laughs> And using just Google Calendar, like, it's changed my life. Really? What were you doing before that? Trying to keep everything in my head, which doesn't work. No way. I would literally... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was... No way. Yeah, it was so disorganized. And it's just helped, really helped organize stuff. Not only with me and my girlfriend, but also just whenever there's a meeting, I always try to say, like, if I can't set up the Google like Calendar, I'll be like, can you send me a invite or something so I have it on my calendar that's pretty crazy that it's I'm like I cannot handle the fact that you didn't have I know I'm looking for a better calendar at this point I need something even better really I know if you have any suggestions I'm all ears Uh, last episode I learned about Asana have you heard of Asana I haven't so uh, Kelly from Rollick told me that Asana is an amazing app that helps you with your tasks and you can build like mini little projects it's kind of like an Evernote on steroids if you've ever used Evernote it's very similar and it's great if you've got other people you work with so yeah. I just started using it and it's been super helpful helpful and uh and it's only been oh, a week at this point so and it's free there's paid versions if you need to add to it but there you go. but so yours is Google Calendar love that yeah one. yeah it's funny definitely. that you you're like I'm sweating well, that you weren't using it i know I, I was sweating every day like <laughs> starting a business is it's, it's just controlled chaos and it is that's what it is every single day is like your mind's on a million different things and you just jump from one thing to the next and i function really well that way but it also like is a hindrance in a lot of cases because you need to i've started making like here i'll, I'll hold it up to you nobody else can see but it's just like a to-do okay. list just like a oh that's cute paper, just like a, though. a paper like checklist <laughs> so i can write like thing tasks that i need to get done or or like if you saw the amount of lists paper lists that i had yeah. you'd be like what is going on <laughs> i feel like it's a girl thing maybe it's not so much a guy thing to make well, lists. i've got I, like 50 yeah that's awesome i no, i wish not. i could it's be that bad. way it's- not awesome. It's just my what happens in my brain on paper, and it's scary. But no, not awesome. But I really want people to check you guys out. So check out DontTellComedy.com. Find out if they're in a city near you, or if you're going to travel to a city. It's an amazing way to experience something new in that city and not know what you're going to experience. So it's DontTellComedy.com or DontTellComedy on Instagram if you want to check them out. Kyle, thank you very much for being on Side Hustlers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Side Hustlers. I need your help. Shandon, she is a previous Side Hustlers guest. She's the owner of Alaire Seattle, the gift shop that has all of the awesome, cute stuff. She's having a very fast moving sale. AlaireSeattle.com. A-L-A-I-R Seattle.com. Use code GTFO. Get it? See what you did there? Please rate, review, and share Side Hustlers because the more that happens, the more people listen and the more people who listen the more amazing guests i have on here you can follow me at the carla marie just in case you need one more round the last call podcast with carla marie and anthony one last little taste to hold you over till tomorrow available worldwide on the iHeartRadio radio app from bbc radio 4 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.